Welcome to today's episode where Bonnie Roney, fellow dietitian boss, is the guest host. She'll be interviewing fellow dietitian bosses all around the world and inspiring you to take action and turn your business into a six-figure business starting from scratch. Maxine is a Melbourne-based certified accountant and bookkeeper. She supports Australian female business owners and helps them free up time by providing bookkeeping services so they can concentrate on generating revenue, growing their business, and ultimately establish financial freedom so they can make decisions on their own terms. Welcome, Maxine. I am so excited to chat with you today. Thank you. I'm excited too. (laughs) Awesome. So can you share with us where you started out? I know that you started with Libby's Coaching five or six months ago. And just share with us where you started and kind of where your journey has taken you to where you are now. Yeah, so I probably started my business. It's like my side hustle business, part-time business at the moment. I started it earlier last year. And probably at that time, I had zero clients and made no discovery calls. And then in, and I wasn't probably very consistent with my business either. And so I joined Libby's program in January and probably in the last six months or so now I now have a few regular clients and then generally I have about four discovery calls a month at this point. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, uh, <laughs> it's great to be at that point where you're attracting the clients that you want to work with and having discovery mm-hmm. calls with them. So what kind of clients do you work with? I now work with female service-based entrepreneurs in specifically in Australia because as a bookkeeper I can only work within Australia and generally there will be women that are looking to grow their business but they don't necessarily have time and they find that finance bookkeeping side of their business to be really overwhelming and I originally I've only sort of just transitioned over into this niche because I actually study uh, dietetics as well mm-hmm. on a part-time basis so I started out as the nutritionist accountant. So I started out specifically for dietitians and nutritionists because I was going to be working in that field at some point. But, you know, nutritionists and dietitians in Australia, it's a very, very small niche because like compared to America, Mm -hmm. we've already got maybe, you've probably got about 8,000 dietitians altogether and then about 1,000 of those Mm -hmm. are in private practice. So I still work for my girls, but now I've just expanded that pool of girls out to just the female-based entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. So I would agree with you with saying that, you know, what you do is very needed (laughs) to to help female entrepreneurs because the financial side of things is, it's a whole new world. It really Mm. is. So I think that the work you do is really important and it's very needed. So I do thank you for that. And it sounds like then that, so you started out with a very, very narrow niche and then you evolved. Mm -hmm. So it sounded like Mm -hmm. maybe you did some market research to help you evolve into a a niche where you could get more clients. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. But also it was, even when I sort of started working with Libby, I think pretty much straight off the bat, given that she works with dietitians and she's worked with dietitians in Australia Mm -hmm. she sort of knew that it's very small niche in Australia already and she Mm -hmm. she brought it up then and then it took a little bit of a while for me to get a bit more comfortable with opening up my niche right and I'm glad I did so it has been 
actually I've gotten a lot more traction having done that just recently in the last few weeks, but yeah. Yeah. That's great yeah. to hear. So how has your niche evolved since broadening your niche? I know you said you've gotten mm. more traction. Mm. So yeah, it just be, um, I have just found that I think I've been found, I suppose, by more people mm. in a sense. And it's really is that I find that I've gotten definitely more opportunities to work with female entrepreneurs because I'm not so specific in my niche mm -hmm. and yeah, that type of thing. If that makes sense. Yeah. And that's great. And I love yeah. that you did the market research because I think generally speaking, when it comes to niching down, yes, we like to get really specific, but for mm. your case, it sounds like broadening it up a little bit actually helped you out and yeah. your personal. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Cause I think it also niching down is good. I've always liked that. So but it also comes down to whether or not it's a viable niche. So mm -hmm. you can niche down and it be viable and or maybe not so viable, which is my case. And that is only because the pool of people was very right. small. Whether it's, you know, like you have more dietitians that uh, attend fancy than we do have in mm -hmm. all of Australia. So it's a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But wow, that's interesting <laughs> when you put it into perspective like that. But yeah. market research is everything. So the more yeah. you can know and understand your market, the better you can sell to them. So it's mm. great to hear that you were able to evolve in that aspect. Do you have tips for the listeners on how to build the no like and trust factor. It sounds like based off the fact that you said you've been able to book more discovery calls and connect with your ideal mm. client in that aspect. Mm. What have you been able to do to help foster that? Oh, I think for me, I think it's a lot about showing your face on stories and then being pretty much authentically you in your stories and also providing value. So for example, like practically it might be doing, if you want to provide value, it might be doing like a tips on Tuesday or doing some form of Q&A. And then it sort of also comes down to using her language. So again, doing that market research, then use her language mm -hmm. in your stories to show you that you understand her. And then engagement. So actually engaging with her, going onto her stories, engaging with her stories, and then commenting like honestly on her posts and things like that. So for me, I even did things like when I was specifically looking at, you know, dietitian nutritionists, I would save, or I still do, I save their recipes and I cook them and then mm -hmm. I repost it for them because they can use it for content and mm -hmm. then I get to eat the food. So, yeah. and then she also knows that I do actually want to, you know, engage with her as well. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's one way. And then like even... There is a great dietitian here called Steph Valley, and she's a dietologist, and she does. I've learned a lot from her in terms of doing the tips and Q&As. She does it really, really well, and she does, like, these research Wednesdays. So, mm. you know, where she goes through some research that relates specifically to her niche and then, and then sort of talks about how that relates specifically to them. And mm. I think those things are great, and I've learned a lot from picking up on what other people do in their stories to provide mm -hmm. value and show up and show your face and, and that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And I agree that utilizing your stories is one of the best ways to build that know, like, and trust factor to mm -hmm. show your audience that you are a real live person mm -hmm. and not just a static human being on your posts. 
Yeah, and it gets to show a little bit of personality as well because I think probably when I first sort of started out, you wouldn't necessarily see any of the personality in my in my posts and, mm-hmm. and being able, being getting in on stories at least allows you to show that. Yeah, yeah. I could not agree more mm. with that. And Maxine, I understand that you have made sales throughout the last few months. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through your experience with just using social media to grow your Instagram and make sales? Yeah, so I would also, I'd say that even in the start, I found it wasn't great at attracting clients, but I did, not because of the platform, but it was more the message. So I started out talking a lot about features, like this is what a bookkeeper does and not necessarily like that outcome, which was the saving time and the making Mm -hmm. more money. And so, you know, as part of doing Libby's program, I got clearer on my message Mm -hmm. and addressing pain points. And because I got more effective, then using the platform was more effective because I was using Instagram as a tool to deliver Mm -hmm. what my actual message was. So that's how it's grown mm-hmm. my business and, and attracted actually getting discovery calls is being clear on the message and the pain points. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like you shifted to providing information that your ideal client would want to see, right? Like that. Yeah. How you can yeah. save time by working with mm. me. I think yeah, that that's much more. Yeah. Thanks. When we speak in mm. term of, terms of what our ideal client wants and needs Mm. that's huge for business and I know that that's something that Libby talks about a lot always keeping your ideal client at the top of mind and speaking to her not Mm. to yourself (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah and what did your Instagram feed look like when you first started out compared to how it looks like now it was horrible (laughs) but I but I really at least I made a start and I'm really proud of how far I've come with it so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I suppose as I touched on before, I wasn't very clear on what my message was um, mm-hmm. and I wasn't addressing the pain points. And that was a big thing that I wasn't really addressing pain points. And mm-hmm. I wasn't, definitely wasn't using her language. I mean, I spoke in language that I understood mm-hmm. having done an accounting degree and being a bookkeeper, but I didn't use her language to speak to her. So... I think it's definitely it was getting clearer on the message. Yeah. yeah. And uh, absolutely and using, using colors other than purple that would help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so making it more visually appealing. Yeah, appealing. Yeah. I love how it sounds like you went ahead and you just got started though. I know you said that, you know, you didn't necessarily like how your feed looked at first, but the most important thing is to go ahead and get started because your Mm. message and your Instagram it doesn't have to be perfect. You can take messy action and then have it evolve over time, just like yeah. you did. I agree. Yeah. And again, it's good to look back and have a look and just, it's nice to sort of stop and look and see just mm-hmm. how far you've come from what you started with as well. So yes, yeah. reflection is huge. <laughs> and I think that it's important to look back and give yourself credit for everything that you've accomplished over time. So I love that that's important to you. And what's your process for creating Instagram content? So I like to take a lot of the thought process out of it. So I have templates mm-hmm. that I use in terms of what my IG grid looks like. So mm-hmm. for me at the moment, it's letterboards, I'm using a lot of that side-by-side imagery and infographics. They're the three templates that I stick to. 
Mm-hmm. And then I will, I do the market research and then I start by creating a post based on those pain points. So I have the top two or three, which mm-hmm. is like the time, the overwhelm, misinformation. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the week, I'll go back and I'll review my insights and basically have a look at what those top performing posts were. So I look at it for the top performing posts. I will either reuse or recreate those in another way. Mm-hmm. And then also I have a look at the themes and what people sort of resonate with. And for me, surprisingly, the theme has been letterboards. A lot of people love the letterboards and the quotes. I, I don't know why, but, you know, <laughs> that's what she likes. So I'm going to give it to her and I've found some right. For me, every second post will be a letterboard with some form of female empowerment type quote mm-hmm. or something that relates to the finances side. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of what I use because that's what she likes. So Yeah, yeah I love so that. Still keeping of, the ideal yeah. client top of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just kind of evolved over time. So I just started with the research, the pain points, and then mm-hmm. the create initially creating and then just reviewing it every week and then you kind of build and get an idea of yeah what actually really works. Absolutely. And you had mentioned Mm. earlier that when you started out on Instagram, you used a lot of purple. Is that correct? I did. Yes. (laughs) So it was one template, like it was, I think it was a Canva template that I found and it was purple in the background, had some cute books Mm. in it. And I really used that pretty much on every (laughs) post. So it just looks like this block of, um, block of purple but so some variety is key which is why it's good to have a grid that has alternating like alternating templates and Mm -hmm. then they're more lighter they're airy they're white backgrounds um, right now so it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's just a different aesthetic yeah I love how you evolved there I myself am a fan (laughs) of the light background I think it is very visually appealing Mm -hmm. as well yeah it's fresh I like it yeah So for everyone listening right now, at the time of this recording, we are in the COVID-19 pandemic, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure when this is going to air, but at the time of this recording, that's what's going on in the world right now. So Maxine, how do you stay motivated during this difficult and different time, and how do you stay motivated with moving forward? I think motivation is a funny thing because it's going to ebb and flow. So Mm -hmm. what I do is more create a routine and make that routine a habit. And that Mm -hmm. means I'm not relying on motivation to show up in order for me to get things done. So for me, it's been making a routine. And because of Mm -hmm. that, I become consistent. And then it's consistency that breeds the results. So that's generally how I do it is, is my routine. But then also if I'm not motivated to do something, it's there's generally one of two things. It's either that it's something that I really don't enjoy doing mm-hmm. or I'm actually really tired. So I feel <laughs> exhausted. So generally if I'm tired, then I, I try to make it about managing my energy so in my routine, I try and embed some form of self-care. So for me, that looks like I always take a Sunday off, which is what I, mm-hmm. I used to do that. So for me, there's always a Sunday off. And generally on a Tuesday and a Thursday night, I'll have like a bath and a face mask or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then even like my morning routine is slower where I'll take some time to meditate, journal and, and read a little bit before I start mm-hmm. the day. So it's for me, it's about managing energy so I don't become tired and then lose motivation to do things. Absolutely. 
And then I think when it comes to things I don't want to do, I find that sometimes <laughs> while I'm studying or certain subjects, I really don't enjoy doing, but you know, I've got to I do the work. So for example, if I need to read something, I'll set a timer for 25 minutes. And mm. it just means that I will start to get me into the flow and, and then, you know, it gets me going. And I think it's sometimes just getting over this, that hump of starting that mm-hmm. you need to, in order yeah, to get going. Mm-hmm. And I use also the five-second rule. I can't remember okay. who wrote that book, but I use a five-second rule where it's you count backwards from five. So it's like five, four, three, two, one, and then you do an action. So you know, get out of bed, you turn off Netflix, it's <laughs> those things. Like so you just so mm-hmm. and even if I couple that with the timer, it's like five, four, three, two, one, start the timer and you do your twenty-five minutes and that mm-hmm. I think that helps just get over the hump of starting because I it, I know it's not something I necessarily want to do. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and also like I think in business and you know you like things can sometimes not always work out how you plan them to go. So when and that can so and from that you tend to lose motivation and then I think it's connecting to why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. So for That's me huge. Yeah. So for me, it's then, yeah, bad spots in my business. It's like, why am I doing this? And I'm doing it because, you know, I'm big on female empowerment and I think, uh, and I want to work with women so that they can grow their businesses so they can have this financial freedom so they can always have an option to choose the way in which their life goes or they can live a life that, you know, works for them and that kind of, because that's what I want for myself and that's what I want for other women. So mm-hmm. that kind of, that is connecting back again to that why when things get particularly tough, I think, helps. Yeah. Right. I couldn't agree more. So it sounds mm-hmm. like having consistency by showing up for yourself even when mm-hmm. you might not want to and also mm-hmm. taking care of yourself through self-care because I'm a mm-hmm. firm believer too, right? If you're overworked and you're really tired and you're not giving yourself that time that you need to bounce back and relax, that's going to affect how you can show up for yourself and stay motivated in your business. So I love that that is important to you as well. I remember when right before we started recording this, we were talking a little bit about how you said that creating an ideal week has been really helpful for you. So does this align with keeping you motivated? Yes. Yeah, it does. And then definitely that managing of energy as well um, and preventing you from being tired and I mean it's taken uh, it's something that I worked on with Libby really early on in the start where I didn't at the time when I started the program I was working full-time I was working um, on the program as well as the business so my time I could dedicate like five hours at that time per week and we worked a lot on in that time being really specific about what I worked on and also then working in time for Mm -hmm. myself so yeah and it changes and I'm still trying to tweak it as I go along and find out what works best for me but I'm finding that that Mm -hmm. that ideal week does kind of work best for me yeah Yeah. I agree time blocking is huge and really Mm -hmm. being intentional about what you're going to do then like when you're going to take breaks when you're going to actually get serious and do work is very important um, in, in your business and can you share with us how you've been able to use all the work you've done with your Instagram to sell your services? 
Yeah, so I have a pretty specific strategy on how I like to use Instagram and that is that with my posts, I usually do about five to six per week and Mm -hmm. in the captions of each of those posts, I'll promote one offer, um, which is like my current um, offer being ongoing bookkeeping services. Then Monday to Friday, I'll promote on my stories Mm-hmm. And that will either be through just like a talking head, so just talking in the story, or it might be just screenshots of my phone, so a series of stories from mm-hmm. a message that I might have received or a comment or something like that. So that's generally how I promote. So Monday to Friday on stories and then in my posts in the caption, I have a call to action on the bottom of every post. Mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I think oh. like... When you start out, sometimes when it comes to things like receiving messages or like your Q&A, sometimes people just don't respond. So from my market research, I found common questions that people sort of ask and have trouble with. That's my dog going off. <laughs> I'll send it to myself. So I'll send myself a Q&A if no one responds and then mm-hmm. I respond to that because I know it's a question that she's asked but but maybe, but no one's technically put it in my Q&As and I kind of just <laughs> use that to generate yeah. the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So it sounds like you're very strategic with how you use Instagram, whether it be through promoting your services in your posts and your call to actions or in your stories, which is mm. huge because if you don't tell your ideal client how they can work with you, they're not going to know. So yeah. being very clear on that is so important. So Maxine, what advice would you have for someone who is new to this and who is just starting out? I would say focus on revenue generating tasks. And that's something Mm -hmm. that I've learned probably more recently. Um, But in the beginning, that might be something like just having a basic understanding of your ICA, knowing what her pain points are, creating content around that, and then promoting it on Instagrams. Or it even could be asking for referrals, even if it's like telling families and friends what you do and they might meet somebody or know someone that could use your service. That's actually Mm -hmm. how I got one of my clients is my sister knew what I did and she referred someone over to me. And then forget about the website and the logo and the branding. (laughs) It can all wait. It's something that I did and I put a a fair bit of money into sort of earlier on when I started and it wasn't necessary. I never had anybody find me through my website, but I've had (laughs) everyone find me through Instagram and it's free. So, you know, those things, they can wait. You can do those later. And if you really, really, really feel like you need a website, just get a landing page or something. It's cheaper. (laughs) doesn't take as long to set up. That's if you really need it, but you probably don't. And then, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I have to talk about this one because I am in bookkeeping and I am an accountant, Mm -hmm. but cash flow management I think is really important as well maybe when you first start out you're getting a few you start getting a few clients that's probably when managing your money can be start to become important and sort of set you up as you start to grow and I think people don't really like to invest in that at the start which is totally understandable but there's a few things that you can definitely can do like you can track where your money is going like by mm-hmm. You know, just in a spreadsheet so at least you know what's coming in and going out. The Profit First book is a very good book to get started and it's just around managing money. So this is not even, it's not debits and credits, it's not knowing all of that stuff, it's just how to manage mm-hmm. cash. 
And then, like, it's particularly in America, there are a couple of great people that focus on female entrepreneurs and they're very good at communicating things in an easy, understand way. And mm-hmm. that's people like Britain the Bee. So Brittany, um, Britain the Bee, she's on Instagram. And there's another woman called Jamie Trull. They're both on Instagram and both of them actually offer like short courses. So it's not a huge investment and you can do little short courses like that at some point on once you start getting clients, get money going in so that you understand just like the money management side of things. And that's like paying yourself. It's putting money away for taxes. It's saving for your retirement and things like that. So I think that is really, really helpful. And then, and it's, it's not as overwhelming as people think you just got (laughs) to, It's empowering when you sort of understand, I think Mm -hmm. sometimes your finances, it's an empowering thing for women that like, Mm -hmm. I believe. And then, and then when you do get bigger and you have to go to an accountant, it's not so scary and and you can hold your own a little bit because you do have an understanding and they won't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are great tips because (laughs) I'll be honest, when I first started out, I did not understand anything as it related to finances in my business. Um, mm. That was very confusing. Mm. Uh, and I think it is for a lot of dietitians because mm. we're not taught that in school. Mm. So it's pretty foreign for mm. most dietitians. So I think those are really yeah. great tips. Yeah, it's like anything in business, like the sales and marketing, you're not taught, the time, mm-hmm. technically like the time management, energy management, it's the yeah. finances, none of, none of that you get taught in a, in a dietetics degree. So now yeah. sometimes like they are starting a, a little bit, definitely here in Australia, there is options to do those things, but yeah, it's definitely not something that you're taught, so it's totally understandable that it's, it can be overwhelming yeah. and confusing. Well, that's great to hear mm-hmm. they're including it in the courses or the programs in Australia. So that is Mm. wonderful. Well, Maxine, it has been great chatting with you. Thank Um, you. What what is next for you and your business? Give us the scoop. So for me, actually, I'm really just focusing on the moment on one thing and that is filling up my client base. So I want to fill it up to a point where I can actually go part-time in this business and it be the only business that I do mm-hmm. until at least, you know, I finish my dietetics degree as well. But that's mm-hmm. where my focus is at is just building my client base to a point where I can take this part-time. Okay. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Maxine. Thanks for sharing everything with us. It was great chatting with you. Thank you. You too. Mm-hmm. Talk soon. Bye. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.